His words are anointed and is powerful and strong and mighty. Because the word that you've given him produces the kind of impact that we're expecting. So, Father, we release it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sean. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Debbie had us go in there for a minute. <laughs> Let's see. Am I ringing? Do I need to move this down? What's that? Sounds good. Okay. We're going with it. All right, hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> it sounds loud to me, okay? So praise God, as long as you can hear it, amen. We like to, uh, praise God, we like to uh, start out with a little story. Amen, and so we're, uh, this story is about a, a couple. They, um, they lived in the country. They grew up on the farm. Uh, they uh, And they love to go to these country fairs, you know, the um, how you all have been to the country fairs, you know, they have them all over the, the state, you know, all, all the different towns have these fairs that you can go to and everything. So they like to go to the country fairs, and there's, um, so this couple, his name is George and uh, Ethel, and uh, they go to the country fair, and uh, this, the George looks over and he sees this guy with a little plane that gives, uh, giving rides. And he says, you know, boy, I'd love to go on a plane ride. Never been on a plane. I'd love to go on a plane ride. And, uh, and, and she looks, and the plane rides are $50. And she says, well, you know, George, she says, uh, that'd be nice, but $50 is $50. So they went on and enjoyed the fare. They went back another year, and that guy's still there. And he says, I'd love to go on a plane ride. Ethel says, you know, $50 is $50. And uh, so his, this went on and it, it you know, happened a number of years. Well, you know, after a while, the, the, the pilot says, you know, sees him every year. And he comes over one year and he says, you know, he says, I tell you what. He says, I see you every year. And uh, he says, I know you want to go on a plane ride. He says, I tell you what. He says, um, I'll give you a plane ride, and if you can keep quiet the whole time that we were going on the ride, I'll do it for free. If you say even one word, then it's going to cost $50. And they think about it for a minute, and they say, okay, well, we'll take you up on that. It might be our only chance to get a plane ride. You know? so, they, so they get up there, and they, they get in the plane, and they go on the plane ride, and the guy takes them up, and you know, they say nothing. He starts doing all these fancy rolls and dives and doing all these things that he can think of. He has nothing. And he, you know, he, he gives them, he takes them through everything, every trick that he, that he could possibly think of, you know, to, uh, to try to scare them, to try to surprise them, do whatever, you know. And, he, and they say, and, and there's still there's, there's no sound. So finally he lands a plane and he says, you know, he says, I really thought that, you know, you'd, you know, say something. But you did great, really great. I heard, I heard not a peep from, from you. And George says, well, he says, I almost said something when Ethel fell out. But, you know, $50 is $50. 
So, so my message today is called for Ben, Just So Happens. Okay? Uh, so you can title it. Um, we're going to start out by um, in um, Matthew, the 13th chapter, Matthew 13, verses 14 through 16, okay? And I want to, uh, you know, talk today about our, uh, about, about our heart condition, you know? And uh, here it says in, in verse 14, it says, and, and in, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Elisha, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For the people's heart is waved, is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. When it talks about their heart uh, wax gross, it's, uh, that, that's saying that their hearts were calloused that, you know, it's like having our conscience, you know? It's like if you listen to your conscience, your conscience will, tell, will keep you in line, will let you know when you're straying from the path that God has for you. He will let you, your conscience will let you know with that, that, that small voice, you know, inside you, this is not right, I shouldn't do it. Sometimes, you know, it's like the Bible tells us that, you know, all things are lawful for us to do, but not all things are expedient. You know, it may be lawful. It might not be on, on, against the law for us to do something, but it might not be the best thing for our lives, okay? It, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I could, um, it's lawful for me uh, to go down to the bar on Friday night. There's nothing wrong with it. The law says it's okay. But is that the best place for me to be? Is that the best thing for me to do with my time and my effort? No, it's not, okay? So that's, a, that's just an example, okay? I, um, you know, I'll try to quit, okay? <laughs> but we... we He's saying that our hearts are, are it's like our conscience. When we, uh, when we continually, when we don't listen to it, when we don't, uh, you know, when we don't do what we know is right, when we don't listen to our heart, it becomes hardened. And eventually, you know, it's, we stop hearing it. We stop hearing our conscience. We stop hearing what's right. And it becomes hardened to those things. And then we just, um, we have trouble rightly dividing the word of God. We have a trouble deciding what is right and what is wrong because our heart is hardened and it stopped telling us, you know, this is wrong because we stopped listening to it. 
if we, um, you know, I, I, you know, take for example, you know, if you, um, you know, say that you um, you get a, a a new job as a carpenter, and uh, you know you're out there, you know, pounding nails every day. Well, the first day you go home, your hands are sore. You know, your hand, you know, because you've been holding that hammer all this time, and it, you know it, you know, you might get blisters on it. But you know, after a while, you keep doing that, and you get calluses on your hands. You get these hard uh, spots on there, so that the the motion of you doing it, and the you know, repetitive of it, it doesn't bother you, like it used to bother you when you first started out. When we first start out with God, with with Jesus, when we first accept Him into our hearts, our love for Him is is you know is new, and we don't want to do anything that's going to harm that, and we're excited about it, and we're and we um and we uh, you know just we're we're pressing in, and you know and we're and we're talking about it, we're telling people about it, you know, and everything, but then over time, you know. Time starts, you know, taking away some of that excitement and everything. And pretty soon the time goes by and you find yourself not uh, getting so excited about it, not doing everything. Uh, and and you start not pressing in as much and that it becomes callous. Your heart becomes callous towards the Lord. Uh, any relationship could be like that. Your your marriage relationship. You start out and you go on your honeymoon and everything is wonderful and 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 everything. And then too many times, life gets in there and takes away that joy. Takes away the that that excitement that you had, that first love feeling, and takes it away. Thank God that didn't happen in my marriage. Still love that woman. Amen. But it gets to the point in God where we cannot hear, where we do not hear. We hear, but we do not perceive. You know? We see, but we don't understand. We don't, you know, we just, it, 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 we're so, uh, our, our eyes are so clouded with all the things going around that we've let come in and cloud our, our, our vision, cloud our ears, cloud our relationships, you know, to rob us of that joy that we had when we first started out, you know. Um, you know, there was, um, I heard of a, um, of a doctor that he does um, surgeries on eyes, and he went to this, con- you know, he was started with this, you know, those doctors that go to the different countries, and he did this operation on this little boy, and it restored his sight, and the boy just started crying. And he said, what's, does it hurt? And he says, no, I just can't believe how beautiful everything is. How beautiful everything is. Have we lost the excitement of seeing how beautiful everything is? Every day is a new day. Do we just get up? Oh, you know, too many times I get up on a Monday. Oh, I wish it was Friday. 
Oh. <laughs> Can't believe another whole week got to go by. Friday to get here again. You know? We need to get the joy. We need to get the excitement. We need to get the, the beauty of life back into our lives and realize that, you know, when we get up in the morning, you know, it's a new day that God has given us. It is a gift from God to you and to me. It's for each one of us to get excited and to look and see what beautiful things the Lord has for us. Because he says, blessed are those whose eyes are open. Blessed are those whose ears can hear. Blessed are you if you don't allow life to cloud your vision. That you don't allow things to come in and rob you of the joy of life itself. The gift of life. Life is so short we don't realize, you know, especially when we're young, we didn't realize how short life was. It seemed like life would go on forever. And yet, you know, we get older, and all of a sudden we realize the days are clicking by, you know, just one day right after another. And all of a sudden you find out on Monday, well, boy, it's Friday already. Where did that week go? You know, it goes by so fast, and 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 we've got to we've got to make a conscious conscious effort to take hold of what God has given us, to make the most of the days that God has given us, because they are just a fle- a fleeting moment. Amen. In Exodus, the fourteenth chapter. Uh, the 13th chapter, no, 14th, okay. The 14th chapter, um, it talks about the children of Israel and how, you know, it's, it's talking about how the Lord uh, delivered them from Egypt. They'd been in Egypt and they'd been enslaved for like 400 years or something like that. And, and they um, were, through the um, leading of Moses, and through the, the plagues that came, the, finally the Pharaoh was ready to be done with them, and he allowed them to leave. And it says that they, came, they left in a mighty procession, and they went out, and they got to the Red Sea. And they, and, and they said, you know, how they thought, well, Moses, what did, you just brought us out into the wilderness? Out into the out into the desert here by the Red Sea. That's as far as we can go. And it, and it says they they complained. They they thought that they were done for. You can't blame them. They're out there, and they and all of a sudden the the Pharaoh is sending his army out after them, and and they know this, and they say you know we're going to be killed out here in the in the desert because we cannot go anywhere and we have no defense against the against the army of Egypt and we're just going to be out here we're going to be slaughtered and then it says just by chance a wind uh, it just happened 
that a wind came and parted the Red Sea. didn't say that. It said the Lord caused a mighty wind. Okay? The Lord caused a mighty wind to come. We think that by chance things happen in our life. We think, oh, you know, when something good happens, boy, I was lucky that time. Dodge the bullet, you know, all these different phrases that we come up with for, you know, for, for explaining how things happen in our life, you know. And we have to understand that it's not just, it didn't just happen. Our life is ordered by design. Our, the things that happen in our life are because God came in and moved in your life to orchestrate this thing. It says that God caused a mighty wind to come where there was no way. He made a way. It says they walked through on dry land because God made the way. We need to start trusting in God, not in the things of man, not in all of the, the things that we have, all of the, the, the wonderful toys that we own and all these different things for our joy, our happiness, our salvation. These things are all going to go by the wayside. And they're all um, things to distract us from the will of God and distract us from what he's going to do because he wants to move mightily, miraculously in your life. If you're at the dead end and you see no way, God is the way. He has a way. He knows what he can do. And he has a plan and a purpose to get you from where you are to where you need to be. Okay? You don't have to understand it. What you have to do is trust in the Lord. I've got a friend that I work with, and it, um, he uh, he does um, work with hot molten metal. And one day that, uh, uh, even though he wears um, you know the protective eye gear and everything, a, a, a little piece of that metal flew up and went in his eye. And this, uh, and and he, you know, and he was having trouble um, with his vision. He was having trouble. Sometimes it would get blurry. Sometimes, you know, like the uh, he had trouble seeing at night. The but then in the day, the sun would hurt the eyes. You know, it was it was just one of those things that you know every everything. And so he he you know went to the eye doctor. They examined it and. And they said that, you know, it may heal, it may not heal. They couldn't tell him for sure if it was going to get any better or not better. But time, you know, was one of the things it was going to take was time. But he kept going back to the eye doctor to get, the, to get a, his eyes examined and to, to look at, you know, just to 
see if there's been any changes. But he was always uh, com- complaining about um, his vision and how it, um, it, it just wasn't what it should be. And so, anyways, um, this, went, this went by for, uh, for months that he was, he was doing this. And he said that um, then he went into this, uh, to the, um, he made an appointment and, and got a, an eye exam that was, you know, more than just looking at it, but it was a thorough eye exam to look at um, his eye, the health of his eye to, as a whole. And he found out, they found out that um, he had uh, this um, degenerating eye condition that needed a surgery to take care of it. And his eyes were progressively deteriorating. And he says, you know, thinking back on it, he said this problem that he was having with his vision went back to before the metal got in his eye. But he just ignored it. And, uh, you know, just, you know, kind of just it was life, you know, just going on. But this metal piece in his eye got him to have the exam that he needed to determine that the problem was much bigger than just the metal, the metal in his eye. There was a problem that went beyond that, and it was diagnosed, and he's going in this week to have his operation to get that taken care of. If this had been in the, in, the, in the Bible, it would have said, you know, and God sent signs of the problem, but the signs were ignored. The God, God sent a, a hot cinder to singe the eye. And still, the problem was ignored. God sent a prophet in the form of a doctor to come and reveal what this problem was. It would be written in the word of God just this way of how God moved in this life to direct his steps, to guide him to the point where he knew what needed to be done, and he could deal with it, and he could correct it. He was on his way to blindness, and he's only, oh, he's less than 40, but was well on his way. He would have been blind had he not diagnosed, been diagnosed with this thing. If that, if that metal piece had not flew, flown up, I mean, how, it, how the, the metal even got past all the safety protections, you know, the shielding, the goggles, the everything to get in his eye. It's only through God directing somebody's steps. You think, oh, it's, it's a terrible thing. You got a cinder, you know, you got a piece of metal in your eye. It was hot and burned it. But God uses all things. We sang about it this morning, that whatever it is, God is directing our steps. 
God is guiding us. He can use those things that the enemy meant for evil. That's what we sang. But the enemy meant for evil. God is going to turn it around in your life, in my life, in our lives. God is going to turn that thing around, and he's going to make that thing come into something good. He's going to use that to get you to where he wants you to be. He's going to get you there. In Jonah, the first chapter, the 17th verse, it, it, when we talk about Jonah, it tells us that Jonah, the Bible, uh, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh to share his word. He, he wanted him to go and preach to the people of Nineveh and share, tell them, about the love of God. Tell them, warn them. He says, I'm going to destroy your city. And because of your wickedness. But it says, Jonah said, I'm going the other way. He went to Joppa. He hopped a boat. Going to Tarshish. I don't know what this Tarshish is, but I wouldn't want to go there. It says it's from the presence of God. <laughs> I don't know where, where that is, but I don't want to be from the, out of the presence of God. But he, he will hop this boat. And it says that, um, that they got on, uh, got on this boat and, and, he, um, and they got headed out into the sea and this mighty wind and this mighty storm came up. And they were just, the boat was, um, you know, ready to sink. It was, it, it, they were these guys that were, uh, you know, they were weathered seamen. They, you know, they, they knew the seas. They'd been in the seas all these times. They'd been through storms. But they were, uh, they were fearful that the boat was going to break, that they were going to uh, flounder in the ocean because of this mighty wind that had come up. And it says that, uh, that you know, they, they have all their, their, their precious things that they have on the, on the thing, their cargo, you know. That's what they're, that's, that is their livelihood. That is what they're doing. That's why they're going, you know, that's why, what this whole trip is all about, is to take their cargo from one place to another place, okay. That, that was their goal, and uh, so, and, and this stuff, all of a sudden, you know, it was not as precious as what it was. They start throwing the stuff overboard, you know. They start, you know, getting rid of it, trying to make the boat lighter to, to stay afloat. But they said, you know, nothing they did seemed to, hap- seemed to make a difference. And uh, it says that um, they, uh, they started praying to whatever gods they, they had, you know. They... They started doing, you know, whatever they, they could. They started, you know, they, it turns people to prayer when they get at the, you know, they find out that um, all their things that they have in life and all the answers that, that life has for them, nothing seems to be working. And all of a sudden there's a God, you know, where they have, re, they have repeatedly refused to acknowledge God throughout their whole life. But now they're in an emergency situation, and they start to pray. And, uh, and it says that the captain of the ship came down, went down, and, they, um, and he f- 
found Jonah down in the bottom of the boat, fast asleep. And, I'd, and, and for some reason, I'd never seen this scripture. Don't you love it when you see scriptures that you never, you know, you you never seen really seen before? You know the story, you know things about it, you know, but uh, but listen to this is so so funny. It's so Bruce Almighty. <laughs> it's It says, it says, it says that Jonah had gone down to the, into the size of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. It says the shipper, shipmaster, came down to him, and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? I've never seen. Okay, what mean? What what are you doing, oh sleeper? And and this just catch me. You know, God is God is saying to us, what are you guys doing? You're sleeping. You're just going through life, just going through the motions. You're sleeping. There's a storms that we we know what life is like right now. The storms are all around us, you know? And I remember that, you know, years and years ago, um, you know, I, I, um, I, we had uh, a bunch of uh, apartments and stuff. And it, there was a time when our business was collapsing. And, you know, and uh, there was times when, you know, it's like just to get a, you know, a, a delivery, you know, you had to be there with the money to, because, you know, your, your credit wasn't any good anymore, and you had to be there to pay for it just to get deliveries, just to keep things going, you know, and I can remember the despair and everything, and I can remember just uh, uh, being, uh, you know, just so depressed that all I wanted to do was sleep. That was the only uh, that was that was the only relief that I got was to sleep. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to face things. I didn't want to do any of this stuff. I just wanted to stay in bed. I just wanted to sleep, and hopefully, somehow, it would go away. I look at life now. I look at the things that are going on around us, and I'm like, you know, I just want. Some days, I, I just, I'm just so helpless. I just feel like it's, it's awful. But what can I do? What is it that is that one person can possibly accomplish? What, what is it? I, I am discouraged. I want something. I want God to move. I want. Uh, things to be better in my country, in my nation. It hurts me, the turmoil, the things that are going on, the things that, you know, the hearts that are calloused, that are not um, recognizing 
the, the what God wants to do. No longer hears from God. No longer sees. Uh, no longer can de- rightly divide righteousness from unrighteousness. Right from wrong. Good from bad. It's no longer, you know, they no longer can see these things. Because the heart has been calloused. Their conscience is seared. And I want to go down in the bottom of the boat and go to sleep. Because I I don't feel like there's any clear-cut answer. Jonah said, throw me overboard. Ignoring the problem does not solve the problem. To see the salvation of our God, we have to awake. We need to wake up. We need to go where we fear to go. Where were they fearing to go? Out in the sea. Sorry. He says, I'm not going to run from it anymore. I'm going to face it. Where is the problem? I'm the problem. I'm not going to point my finger at you, at other people, at the government, at the whoever, you know, whatever group, you know. I'm not going to point my fingers. Where is the problem? The problem is me. I need to do my part. I need to do what God has called me. I need to stop having my heart seared first. I need to take accountability to know the Lord. To get back to that love of the Lord. The excitement that I can get up every day and say, God, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is a new day in the Lord Jesus Christ. What are we going to do? says when they threw him over he said it just so happened there was a fish there no God prepared a fish okay God prepared the fish wasn't sitting there saying please throw Jonah over I'm waiting for him We might not see it. We might not see the salvation of the Lord. That Jonah did not know that there was going to be a fish there. He just said, throw me over. Whatever it is, let it be. Let it happen. 
I'm going in all the way. There's no turning back. Throw me over. There's not, you know, once, once you, I'm gone, just throw me over. He didn't know that the Lord was going to provide a fish to save him. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the next day is. God is just asking us to take the first step. Jump in. Jump in. You know, the Bible talks about the 30% and the 60% and the 100%. You know, all these, you know, well, 30% is better than nothing. But what he really desires is us to jump in wholehearted. Don't hold back. Go, uh, go for it all the way, whatever it takes. Give it to the God. Say, no longer am I in control, but you take control of my life, Lord. He is telling us today, awake, O sleeper. Amen. Awake, O sleeper. We have been so asleep. Our, our blessed life that we have here in this nation has put us at ease, has caused us to relax and not press in the way that we need to press in. Whatever is going on, whether it be in our lives, in our country, it says when they threw Joan overboard, it says immediately the seas calm. I'm not a prophet. I don't know what God has in store for our country, store for the world, store for each one of us. But I do know that our God is able to change it just that fast. To say, to right now, we're in the storms of life. We see no answer. But if we will jump in, if each one of us will do our part and jump in, give ourselves wholeheartedly to God, begin to seek him with our whole heart, begin to get excited about each and every day, each and every moment, get excited about what God wants to do in our lives. Begin to acknowledge that it's God. These things are just not happening. This is God orchestrating the events of our life, the events of our country, events of our world. This is God orchestrating these things to bring us back, to get us to the point where we say, to, to get us to the point where we wake up and say, I'm going to give myself 100% to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what it's going to take for, our, for us to see our salvation. Each one of us Jonah was one person, but that's what it took. Each one of us is one person, 
and that's all that God requires. He doesn't require you to take accountability for the next person over, the person sitting next to you, the other people that you know at work. Does he want you to be the example to them? Yes, indeed, he does. But ultimately, the person that we are accounted for is ourselves. Isaiah 42 and 3 says, I will not give my glory to another. I will not let an idol take the praise that should be mine. We, unfortunately, have so many idols in our lives that we have allowed to take the place of our Lord Jesus Christ, first place in our hearts. We need to put God, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the throne of our heart. We need him to soften those calloused places to where we can hear from him, we can see what he's doing, and we can perceive and understand the moving of God in the days ahead. So <clears throat> one thing that's going to save us personally, there's only one thing that's going to save our country, there's only one thing that's going to save the world, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ and people waking up and taking hold of their life and jumping in wholeheartedly. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. It occurred to me while I was listening to the word this morning. Um, doesn't matter how bad your perception of things are. Steve is trying to get us to put our eyes back on the Lord. So that means it doesn't matter how bad or good you perceive things around you. I think sometimes we have a tendency to look at the bad and to magnify it. And to somehow secretly think that that place is beyond God's reach. I don't know how we do that. But sometimes we think so much about the attacks that are coming or the negativity or the anxiety or the depression, whatever it is, that we make that bigger than God. But I declare to you this morning, as Steve has continued to announce both in the heavenlies and on this earth that no weapon, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And the second word that I release over this body is all things, all things will be turned to good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. You see, there is a prophetic voice in the atmosphere. Lonnie tried to get us. We haven't come to a mountain that can be touched by works, by you dreaming up or you trying to do a, be a better person 
Steve is announcing in the heavenly realms and on earth the very heart of God, which is you have come to Mount Zion. And you stand in the midst of a myriad of angels. And you stand in the midst of a destiny that God has called you to walk out. And God is announcing, wake up, O sleeper. You would do very well to leave here today and declare before God's throne that message was for me and no one else. You would do well today to let the word of God penetrate your hearts, to expose the places that he was speaking about. And then you would do well to say, God, show me the things that I need to throw myself into, your mercy, your grace, the things that you have called me to do, because we haven't come to a mountain that can be achieving a destiny by works. And it's going to take every single one of us a look at our heart, a look that Steve said we have so many idols, we have so many distractions, we have so many places that we look to to solve our problems. And God sent a fish and prepared a fish to be the answer for a one individual. And I don't know what answers are going to come about in our midst But I do know that God is releasing a prophetic word in the day that we're in. Steve said, I'm not a prophet. Well, that may be so, but it is a prophetic word. It is a word from God's heart. It is a word that he intends to oversee. It is a word that he continues to overshadow. And so I join with you this morning saying, this word is for me. I'm not looking to my brother. I'm not looking to my sister to say, did you hear that word? I think that word was for you. How many times do we do that? Oh, I need to tell you what God said because I think this is for you. This is personal. This is intimate. This is from my God who loves me, who wants the best things for me. And I continue to tell you all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Every single one of you are called. There isn't one that isn't. And look at what you've already overcome. Look at what God has already done for us as a community and a a bride that's part of something so much bigger. Look at what God has already established us in. Will he not continue? Jesus said, I will build my house and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, I will watch over my word and I will perform it in your life. I'm grateful, Father, for your word. And as we bring our offering and our tithes this morning, this is a new day. This is a new year.
And the message has been, leave everything of the past. And so in obeying that word, I come this morning and I bring my tithes and my offering and I say, Father, let this be the beginning of everything new. Let this be the beginning of a new thought process, a new condition of heart. Let there be healings and signs and wonders because of the moving of the Spirit, not because somebody just had a good idea. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. All of you who are online, I bless you this morning. I pray and contend and believe that God is working in your life. If you're hearing this message, God orchestrated your life to change today. But it's up to you. Steve said over and over again, awake, oh, you sleeper. Father, thank you for your favor. And thank you for your word. We come this morning with tithes and offerings out of a heart condition to give and see the kingdom of God that is in heaven on earth. For Jesus said, pray this way. Join me this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Praise the Lord.